Hey, welcome everybody. How's everyone doing here? See you're heading and coming in. Good. Up to 15, 16, 17, 20. Welcome everybody to the great Zoom interwebs. Um, Nikon, do you want to, because you got a pretty great background behind you. Mine is sort of more boring and prosaic, but do you want to tell folks where you're at? Uh, yeah, this is actually a green screen. So, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, we're, in, we're in San Diego, downtown San Diego. If anyone is familiar with the area where our headquarters is like right in the center of Horton Plaza. So, right right where all the good food is and all the fun fun's happening here downtown. Yeah, I was, I was like chatting with Nikon, obviously, because it's fun to chat with him, but then also he's got that kind of great view behind him. And I mean, I've got my living room, which is maybe less interesting. <laughs> um, okay, we're up to about 40 folks. Um, I'm going to wait till like a couple minutes past the hour um, to kind of get started. Um, if folks uh, just want to sort of like say in the chat where where you're coming where you're calling in from, um, you know, it'd be great. Uh, be good to get a sense of you know who's here and what stuff you're interested in. Um, you know, if you're an agency owner, an agency developer, a freelancer, maybe more on the client side, maybe just a dev that's like curious about agency world. Um, you know, maybe someone that's more on the marketing side, et cetera, like just, you know, who, who you are, what you're here for, what you're kind of interested in. Um, let's see, Q&A. Looks like chat is disabled, darn. Um, I'm gonna, I think we had this problem last time and I may figure this out um, or, or I may not figure this out. Um, uh, let's see if I can, um, figure out this meeting settings uh, while we are waiting for folks to come in. Um, great to agency owner from Vincenzo says he is an agency owner from Italy. Uh, great Vincenzo, great to meet you. Um, if, we, if, the, if I don't manage to get the chat working, which we may not, um, we're probably just going to end up, uh, you know, with the Q and A. Um, so uh, unfortunately, I think I'm the only person who can see the Q and A. But just type it in, and I'll, I'll sort of, uh, I'll see it, and I'll kind of call it out when, um, as we're going along. Um, okay, so, so uh, we're a couple minutes past the hour. Um, I, I'm just going to kind of kick us off. Looks like we've got about uh, 50 folks here so far. Um, we had about uh, 350 registers, so I'm sure we'll have some more trickle in. Um, but uh, great to have everybody here. Um, and uh, we've got Daniel, agency owner from uh, Perth, uh, Western Australia. Thanks for staying up so late. Jeez, it's, I don't even want to know what time it is. It's probably like midnight over there. Thank you for staying up so late. Or no, Western Australia, so maybe it's not so late. But um, uh, we, so, so I'm Sam, uh, Sam Bogwit. I'm the co-founder of uh, Gatsby. I'm here with Nikan Shahidi, who's the uh, founder and CEO of, of Webstacks. Um, which is an agency that we know uh, very well. Um, and, and it really, it's kind of a different um, webinar today. Um, 
we just chatted a lot with WebStacks. They were our agency of the year last year. And um, whenever we chat, we kind of see some of the real sort of like really interesting practices that they've they've sort of like pioneered. Um, and they've just grown from sort of zero to 50 folks within a couple of years. Um, and we really wanted to just profile and share their story for everyone here who is, you know, an agency owner, an agency developer, someone that's like looking to grow their business either as like a kind of leader within the business or, you know, someone who's on a client side trying to work with agencies, really just um, talking about uh, kind of best practices and profiling, uh, profiling sort of the story of, of one story of success can look like a lot of things, obviously, but one story of what success looks like kind of by diving into Nikon's story. Um, so, uh, you know, without further ado, I think I'll sort of um, try to pass the mic uh, over away from me towards uh, towards Nikon. And uh, it's great to have you here, Nikon. Um, super excited to have you. Um, maybe we can just start off, like, can you tell us, can you just tell everybody a, a bit about yourself and kind of how you got into the, the tech world? Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, I would say for me, it started when I was 13, 14, yeah, as far as like getting my hands dirty with with technology and software development, I, I created an app, very novel app, very basic app. Um, when I was 13, posted it on these forums, got like a little fan club on the forums. I was doing my own little marketing there, <laughs> posting it across the forums. And that was really what like, honestly, got me super passionate about um, software development and design and development in, in, in particular. Awesome. Okay. So, so um, yeah, I think like, a lot of folks sort of here are kind of in the situation that you find yourself in sort of, you know, a few years ago where they're kind of a freelancer, maybe like an agency owner, you know, kind of working with clients, looking for a, looking for a break. Um, can you like, so, so you got involved with Service Titan um, and uh, for those who are so, like, can you just tell us a little bit about how that, and that was, can you tell us a little bit about how that happened? Yeah, for, for those of you who don't know, and a lot of people don't know this actually, like WebStacks, like the origin story of WebStacks was was like foundationally started on like me freelancing, right? So Service Titan actually came through Upwork. Uh, it was just like a normal, simple Upwork proposal. I got to know the, the Service Titan team. They're based in Glendale. I'm in San Diego. So it was kind of like a uh, relationship where I could go into the, the headquarters, built a, a pretty, pretty strong um, relationship originally um, with their team that expanded as, you know, we got to got to work with each other. Um, what's, what's really interesting about Service Titan is like they had a marketing leadership change and that pushed the development of a Gatsby website. And they had previously used Gatsby and that was kind of like the driving force uh, that introduced myself to Gatsby and the rest is kind of like history. So, um, and, and Service Titan at the time, they're like a unicorn, right? Or like pretty big tech company? Yeah, Service Titan at the time had just done their Series D. They were, I think like 4 billion evaluation. It, it was kind of like one of those, I made it moments. Okay, so you kind of get sort of like this big local tech company kind of brings you in to help them with their their website. You're like, okay, cool. I got this like big fish and and like what kind of happens after that what time is it also like what, what year is this by the way right so this is a, this is like pre-websacks pre-websacks origin story i would say like i'm i'm freelancing i'm doing my own thing i'd i'd 
you know, left my job at like a marketing agency um, and wanted to do my own thing and took to Upwork to start freelancing. So uh -huh. that's kind of like the backstory behind how I arrived at Service Titan. What happened next was that kind of like the dominoes fall, right? So I, I explained, I got involved very, very heavily with Service Titan's marketing team and, and, and really like embraced the culture of like B2B tech and what kind of like people are working in B2B tech, what kind of like priorities they have, their culture. And that was something that was ultimately gonna be like the foundation of what Webstacks uh, would, would become. So, so walk us through sort of like the, well, can you walk everybody kind of through so, 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 and I think as we kind of go through this conversation, I, I think we're kind of going, we're probably going to go like chronologically and then like, we're going to end up talking a lot about sort of like agency practices. Now WebStack is like a 50 person agency and we're going to like, just, you know, we're going to sort of end up talking about, Hey, what, what's it like running an agency at scale and sort of some of the best practices there. But I also think it's like, I also want to spend some time just kind of on the growth and evolution to how, how you got there. Cause I think, you know, it's, it's always hard to see best practices outside of sort of like, you know, understanding the journey and the story. So we're going to spend some time on the journey and the story, and then we're going to spend some time on sort of like best practices at, at some sort of scale. Um, uh, so, so, you know, what, what, can, can you walk everybody through sort of like what was the first project with, with Webstacks and, um, and, and how did, you know, how did that go? Yeah, I mean, take take it take a couple steps back. Um, obviously, the core to like being able to do a successful project is like having a successful team, right? And mm -hmm. a lot of times, I hear that like there's agency owners that want to like jump into the first couple hires and what they do, how they should handle the hiring process for that. And for for us in particular, it was about building a strong core group of contractors, right? Like people that you can trust, people that. Can, can handle the work that you, is inconsistently coming in. Like as a new business, you don't have that like lead flow. You don't have that inbound um, pipeline that can justify the risk potentially of bringing on full-time employees. So like the first step was investing, at least my time early on, was like vetting contractors on Upwork, on these freelance networks to find a group of, uh, of contractors that like knew the tech stack, knew what we were doing, or what I was doing um, at that time, <laughs> and then, um, like being able to execute. And I, and I can tell you like right now, some of the contractors that originally were with us um, with uh, two, three years ago, as I was freelancing and part of that like core group are still part of the core group. Some of them have even become full-time employees. That's, that's great, yeah. Um... No, I, I I love that because you know it all starts with the it all starts with the team you build and it you know it starts with finding that. So so where did you like, uh, where did you find those folks? Like I said, yeah, Upwork is a huge one. I think uh, any sort of freelance network that you can like build kind of these relationships almost on a dime with with a a prospective freelancer is huge. Um, so Upwork was like the predominant. Uh, network or like tool that I was using early on to find this talent, um, and it worked out pretty well. I would say. So, so g give us like timeline for the first project. You you start what, when do you start it? Sort of when do you deliver after you deliver? Like, what, what? How big is your team at that point? Right. So, first project with Service Titan. I would say like Service Titan is is, is the, the best point of reference for Webstacks um, as we like evolved into a company. 
Uh, first project started, um, I would say like middle of 2019. So mm -hmm. that's when things get started. That's more of, you know, Nikon, the freelancer popping in, making changes on the website, like being this, uh -huh. this tool for service Titan that like traditionally their market marketing team, like didn't have an in-house developer. And you'd be surprised at how many like B2B software companies that, you know, have these massive uh engineering organizations don't have those resources internally for um their marketing team so the first six months was like kind of like building that relationship kind of hopping in fixing things it was more you know as needed type of engagement uh -huh. and then around november or so of 2019 there was this this big project which was to get service times website onto modern yeah. front-end tech stack okay. which is ultimately what you know, allowed us to become <laughs> web stacks in and of oh. itself. Um, so once that happened, it, we, we, we wrapped up the, the service Titan project around 2021, um, like first month of 20, first month of 2020, sorry, first month of 2020. So it was a really, really fast delivery. Like that was yep. a huge piece of what service Titan was looking for. And a lot of B2B tech companies are looking for is like speed. We want to get something out there as quickly as possible. And like, like I said before, that kind of became the foundation for how WebStax was going to build its product and build the services around this idea of speed, velocity, MVP, getting things out, and then ultimately making changes, iterations over a period of time. Yeah, I really want to dive into that because I feel like as we've had, talked and had conversations, you guys have a super unique process there that's really different from a lot of what we've seen that, and it really is sort of helpful for on the client angle and, and for landing customers. Uh, before we get there, I, we've got a question here from Nicole Phillips, who asks, uh, how did you vet on Upwork? Um, I'd love to learn more about that because the people piece is, is so hard. Sure. Um, vetting on Upwork is, is not as complicated as it seemed. You just got to kind of like put a little bit of uh, early effort in. And one of the things that we did, or I did early on, um, and we actually still do when we're vetting contractors on Upwork, is create test projects and they're paid they're paid projects like you do an investment in in the contractor um early on instead of just gambling with a contractor you have a few conversations you're like let's go in with this one you put them on a production project and then things start falling apart uh what we do is we do a test project we we, we have an, a certain process in how we build things and we'll get to that um yeah. but we want to ensure that these the, the contractors can and, and freelancers can build in the way that WebStax does uh, with the kind of like philosophy that we have around the website. That's that's great. Yeah, and I think we're gonna hit, hit that process more. Nicole, thanks for uh, asking the question. Everyone feel free to put sort of like more questions in the Q&A, um, whatever sort of, uh, uh, whatever you're curious about as we keep talking. Um, so, um, so, so you know, you're, you're walking, you're walking us through sort of like, the delivery of uh, of the project um, with with uh, with Service Titan and how you guys were um, were, were working on that, um, you know, and, and how you're kind of like getting into into B two B tech. Just um, you know, can you walk us a little bit through sort of like what happened next? What happened after that? And maybe some of the projects that you've you know that was kind of the origin, and then like some of the projects since then that maybe you're the most most proud of. Yeah, for sure. I would say for me personally, like the projects that are the most impressive are the ones and the ones I'm most proud of that, that kind of our team has has accomplished are the ones that are the fastest, right? Because like time is something that 
is so valuable. And the ones that get to market quicker are the ones that I've found to be the most yeah. impressive internally for me. So uh -huh. I selfishly will like lean on those ones, but um, one let's, in particular- let's, let's go down that trail then. Like, let's talk about that. Let's talk about your process for, you know, we'll get back to some of to what those are, but let's talk about your process for like getting things to market really quickly. Like you, you we've, we've talked before and, and you sort of, you're, you've talked about how you can get sort of a project out, like a website out within like three months, which I just found incredibly impressive. Um, and sort of like, you know, sort of sign a contract in a month, get a website out within three months and sort of work on it from there. So how, how do you do that? Great question. So our entire kind of like methodology here at WebStacks is like the website, the website is a product and uh -huh. it, the, this product consists of two users, right? You have uh -huh. your content editors, your marketers uh, on one side, and then uh -huh. you have your prospects and website visitors on the other side. And yeah. oftentimes the focus of a lot of agencies is on the users only and the visitors of the website. And they build this beautiful website, which don't get me wrong, a lot of these are beautiful websites and they may convert really well as well, but are almost like unusable on the, the back end for content editors, whether they're too scared, there's not enough enablement um, to, to teach them about how to use the, the CMS. Or when they do go in, they create a Frankenstein website with you know, almost like too much uh, yeah. variation and, and control. So like we're a huge proponent of modular design, breaking things up into components, reusable components, um, and then providing content editors, marketers, and in, in most cases with the tools, the documentation, the um, enablement that can allow them to build these pages um, on brand autonomously without tapping into a developer every single time. That's awesome. So, so I, I want to sort of like, can you show us the, the yeah, tools yeah, yeah. you use in your, in your prospecting sort of process or in your contract process? I think that's going to help a lot of folks sort of see when you say modular website, what do you mean by modular? Yeah, I'll, I'll start here with um, the design system because I think that's kind of like the, the core foundation here yeah, yeah. Of, of what WebStacks is doing. So if you're looking right here, Figma is kind of like our design team's tool. Um, and you know, Gatsby and React is like our engineering tool, but it's important that they're speaking the same language, right? Like we're bought in as a team. There's alignment from our sales, our CS, our design and development on what product we're delivering and how we're delivering it. And this concept of modular design is prevalent throughout our entire um, company, right? So. What you're looking at here is the design system that we build out for all of our clients. It starts with, if you guys are familiar with the atomic design uh, design philosophy, starts with the atoms, which are just you know the basic building blocks of your your website. And I know this, like for a lot of agencies, you're looking at this and like, whoa, that must have taken hours and hours of work to like put together. But we we invested time in building out a template that we then reuse for a lot of our clients. So getting something like this out the door requires very little kind of, you know, hourly effort over the course of a period, a longer period of time and yeah. more of an isolated um, investment. And this obviously like grows and adapts and evolves as we start, you know, learning and, and hearing feedback from our customers. But it starts with the, the foundational elements, the, the atoms of the website, the colors, typography, how certain elements are going to be um, presented on the website. And what's really cool about this is this is also you know, used across the board for other web properties, whether it's, you know, not their marketing website, but social media assets, or even, you know, doc site for a lot of software companies that use 
um, have like API documentations or things like that. So moves into things like buttons, drop downs, all of the elements that you would see on the website. And these are hyper extensible. You can see we're giving variation, we're giving uh, modularity to content editors to add icons. If you want the icons to be leading or trailing and, and the button size and variations, these are all adopted by Figma um, and then ultimately put into the design system. But the the, the more you know, important part or the exciting part is these components, right? These are the Lego blocks. These are kind of like the pieces of the website that content editors can then use to build out pages, right? This also becomes like a living, breathing source of truth for post-launch, right? You have these building blocks as a foundation and what's next? How can we add? What kind of variation can we bring? How do we want to tell this story later? So what we're looking at here is a heading component. We'll design it out in multiple uh, display types with multiple variations. You might have dark mode, you might have light mode. Um, I'll go into the hero. This is probably a little bit more exciting for you guys because uh, this is like the most common element on a website. Uh, but like you see, we're, we're, we're a proponent of having the, the, the least amount of components with the most amount of variation. You don't want to have like a hundred content models that are hero, one with a hero, you know, image, one with a hero video, one with a hero, whatever, right? It's let's have the, the least amount of components with the most amount of variation. So this is like our design process. This then ties directly into our engineering process with Storybook. So from a development standpoint, our development team is tapping into this design system. And if you guys are seeing me move around, I just have a really cool camera. So hope that's not making anyone dizzy. Uh, <laughs> um, and, and this becomes like another like living, breathing source of truth for like our clients to look at and see what components, what building blocks do we have on our website um, to build out these pages. So if I jump in here to the hero component, you can see the hero component. You could see all of the fields that are available for content editors in the CMS, whether it's Contentful or Dato or you know, Sanity or anything, and you can make the changes in real time. So you can get flexible, you can get comfortable in, in what the concept of these like components are without having to mess with the CMS and fear of breaking anything or um, really just, it, it's fundamentally just enablement, right? It's, it's enabling marketers um, and then also enabling engineers when we start onboarding them to uh, building on these on these projects, on what each one of these props are, what are these components, how are they used, and this becomes a tool ultimately not only for us, but if in the future our clients want to, you know, onboard their own engineers, they have this documentation that makes it as quick as, as possible to get started on the projects that we're working on. Yeah, so I think the really interesting thing about this is that, like, typically I don't, we don't see that marketers have access to storybook storybook is like a design and dev tool but like it's interesting to see, see you build this out not just for the dev team but like for your marketer clients absolutely we, we throw it on a on a subdomain it's completely available for the clients to look at and it, all, it becomes a living and breathing thing so when there's a new release and there's a new component available they can see that they can see the variations and also they can give feedback and say hey i, I want to add a, another variation to this component and um it just keeps things kind of like. And then how do they sort of like build pages with this? So the, the next piece is like all of these um, components are tied to content models in the CMS. So when they go into the CMS, they'll see exactly the same naming convention that you're seeing here and they could drag and drop and rearrange components however they want based on what is available um, in Storybook. That's awesome. 
Yeah. So, okay. That's super cool. I feel like that. So, you know, we see, we see folks who are like, you know, this is sort of like one of the weird tricks of like client successes. If you can get clients who really feel comfortable building their own pages, like 95% of the time, like they'll be happy <laughs> um, because like, they'll feel like they can drive the car. They won't feel like it's, it's your system or your website. It'll feel like it's our website. Um, and they like understand what's going on. Um, so like props are like walking, building the system and thanks for like walking everybody here kind of through it. Um, do you, uh, can you, can you share a little bit about sort of how you, you know, so this is sort of the, the, the modular building blocks of the website. Can you talk a little bit about your sort of like modular kind of like, uh, website con proposal process and, and, and a little bit, and then we can talk a little bit about how you guys deliver our websites after that. Totally. Um, so for agency owners or freelancers, like one of the most challenging things and most time consuming things is pricing and scoping, creating proposals. And what we've done is take this modular uh, approach to the way we price website products. So we created a calculator. You can, you can use retool for this. You could use any kind of, you can build it custom yourself, but we found, you know, using something like retool to build an internal tool really quick uh, is effective. And what we do is we actually share this with our prospects as they're coming in. So this puts the power back into the prospect's hand on how to align on budget, what they need um, relative to how much their spend is, and ultimately reduces the amount of time our sales team has or needs to have on quoting a, a, a project. Can you so make once, it a little bit bigger. Once, I think it's only part of the screen. Uh, if you can just like make the window like command. Uh, yeah, there we go. That's great. Yeah, okay. Cool. So once prospects are like bought in to our process, we walk them through our process, walk them through the design system, the whole entire modular approach, the next kind of like phase is identifying how we can work together and, and ultimately putting a proposal together. So we take this modular uh, approach to how we price things. So we've created this, this um, calculator here and we have these like little autofill um, options to save us a little bit of time. So if I go here to enterprise, just typically what we would find uh, our, you know, enterprise customers are looking for when it comes to building out a uh, robust, you know, website. And you can toggle in, maybe they want like 15 animations. The illustrations are typically high for, uh, you know, software. <laughs> software companies, they need to illustrate their, their product in ways that their screenshot probably can't do. And maybe there's 3,000 pages that need to be migrated. So we'll click calculate. Oops, I got it. Go ahead and, and do the front end framework as well. And this gives a starting point for, uh, for you know, our prospects to start pulling back, right? They're like, oh, I wanted all of this from the beginning. I don't have, you know, a $250,000 budget. This is crazy. Like this, this isn't going to work for me. Um, and that's kind of like the point. The point is like for you to be able to, as a prospect to start adjusting these things and build on modularly for the future. So you might go in here and say, you know what? I'm going to go five animations and I only need five illustrations. And in real time, our prospects can see they just chalked their budget down 50K, right? And then they start, you know, talking with their team and they're like, do we need to start with the webinar listing page? Uh, do we need to start with like an integrations listing and integrations detail? Can we build these with the components that we have and get an MV up, MVP up? And all of a sudden we're finding that some companies are going from, you know, this 200,000 initial one to like a 50K website uh, ready to launch in, in 90 days. And that's intentional, right? Like we want 
uh, prospects to be able to get something up and running really, really quickly. And then that other 150K budget that they had, spend that over the course of you know, a 12 month engagement with WebStacks to improve once the, the initial product is out the door. So this becomes like a really, really appealing, um, low, low barrier to entry type of relationship with WebStacks and prospects um, where we're not really competing with agencies that are charging $500,000, $250,000 and promising a website in 12 months. Yeah, this is like fascinating. I mean, it just, it, uh, you, you guys are putting the control back in the, the client's hands. The, you know, the, a lot of clients just feel like, well, I write this RFP and then I send it into the void and then I get back these things that don't even match. And you're like, no, let's flip the script. You put in what you want here, you know, and then we can scope this. And then, you know, then you can get a website quickly. You know, a lot of, I think from a, one thing that we can often forget is that a lot of, sort of planning processes happen on a quarterly basis. So, you know, it's it's the end of October right now. Um, you know, if, if if someone's able to say, to sort of start the process now, and then like, you know, they could have their website maybe by like mid-February or like, you know, beginning of March. And, and like that, so like, you know, basically like they can make plans for Q1 and then like, hey, they can get a website in Q1 and not wait until Q2 or whatever. And then they can kind of iterate and, and go from there. So like, and, and just like the reduction of risk when you, so that's like one thing is like fast, fast iterate that I love about this fast iteration cycles. The second one, you know, reduction of risk, um, you know, like you said, um, people can take their budget instead of like putting it all up front and they can reserve it and sort of spread it out over the course uh, of a year, of a year. So this is just like a really, um, really interesting thing that, that you guys have done. And thank you for sort of like sharing this um, with everybody here. Um, can you just talk a little bit about, um, so, so like the B2B tech world um, and, and like, is there any client education involved here where people like, you know, people are used to maybe just doing the big upfront budgets and you have to like mindset shift them to like, yeah, you're going to do, a, you're going to invest a little bit of money for a fat, for a, a website that we deliver quickly. And then you're going to spend it later. Like, is, is that weird at all? Not, not really. Once people see the, the process, and I'm sure you guys uh, who are watching this kind of like are experiencing this in real time, like once you see the process, you kind of get bought in. Uh, it's actually like a really exciting prospect and far different than most agencies and how they pitch things. Sam, one thing I wanted to point out, like it looks like there's some cute Q&As coming yeah, yeah. about this. And before we, like, oh, move we, we can answer a couple of these. Like, yeah. So can you, one, Sunny asks, can you share the link for the calculator? Um, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm happy to share the link. It'll expire though, so. Okay. <laughs> oh. um, but yeah, it, it, it's kind of like an expiry thing. Okay, we can, we can maybe dro drop it in the, in the after, uh, when we're sending out the recording then in a couple, uh, or unless you, um, uh, John, um, John Faber asks, are these fixed bids? Yes, yes. So John, these are our fixed bids. The idea here is that once we calculate this, we're, you know, aligning with the prospects on what the delivery is. What are these components that are, you know, being promised for this amount? And then you can scale up. Uh, what we found is like, we're very, very confident as a business delivering um, within this pricing range for these components. And we've been able to do it successfully, but like you can shift the price uh, per template and per component based on how your business is, is run and your you know, profit margins at the end of the day. Okay, that's yeah, that's that's good to good to get that level of sort of like clarity on. Um, then Daniel asks, uh, how much is your pricing modified for scale versus growth versus enterprise? So I'll just show you. So I'll just 
go here, um, I'll do scale, click calculator. I don't want to do 3000 pages. I'll just do like 100 pages. So scale usually falls at around 60,000, $60,000 growth, $83,000 and then enterprise around $140,000. Okay. This is usually the foot in the door with web stacks and ultimately you know, 70 or 60 to 70% of our, of our projects end up going into some sort of ongoing engagement over the course of um, a 12 month period. Okay. Um, can you, I actually realized like maybe you can just drop the link in the chat right now. Um, Cause uh, that, that would probably get it to, um, to John. Can I? Yeah, I can do that. Right. Yeah. I think we have access to the chat. Okay, great. So um, uh, the link is in the chat now. So um, great. Um, okay. So, so uh, yeah. So, so client um, you, you said like folks, folks generally we're talking about client education. Um, so, so let's then like sort of like, let's talk about the second half of this, which is um, how, how do you guys charge on an ongoing basis? Um, and like what, what types of projects like, okay, so you ship like sort of like the initial version of the website with like, the, you know, the stuff they like they really want and need and then you sort of empower them and give them the tools within their CMS to build, um, you know, the pages that they any additional pages that they might want um, with, with the kind of with the components that they are part of their storybook library. Um, what additional work um, do you guys work on after that after you deliver the initial project typically. Yeah, so we our our flagship kind of like retainer product is called our product teams, and and what those really are are kind of like a proactive way of us growing the website for the clients that we work with. So a lot of times, the the hardest thing to achieve um, for a lot of marketing teams is like website velocity, right? Like you can have all the resources, you can have a full team, but if you don't have the process and and systems in place to grow your website, then it's all for not you have you know you're paying like an agency $300 an hour and they give you you know 100 hours a month and you only use 20 hours because you don't have kind of like the systems in place to do that so our product teams are um essentially units of designers developers and product managers and their entire goal is on a bi-weekly basis shipping new initiatives to the website learning from the the, the companies that we work with and what's working in B2B tech and you know, ultimately using those findings to continue growing the website. So sometimes it might be something as little as creating a new component or a new way to tell a story. Another time it might be creating a resource hub to uh -huh. you know, store all of the ty different types of content that a uh, company might have like webinars, um, white papers, et cetera. I love that. So, you know, small it's like a component, large, maybe it's a new, you know, page type basically, or a collection or, or whatever. Um, you know, I think one thing that we, we sort of, it can be easy to forget is that a lot of times we're working and we're serving them as a website, we're serving the marketing department and the marketing department's always coming up with new initiatives, but they often need the tech to deliver those initiatives. And, and so just shifting, shifting our mindset. Uh, a couple of people said that they couldn't see the link in the chat. So, uh, we, we put it in again, and then it looks like folks are able to access it now. Um, so uh, great on that. Thanks for alerting us um, on, on that front. Um, okay, so so we've 
Okay, so so, so we, we started off talking about the Webstacks, kind of your origin story, then we sort of shifted into, you know, the evolution of Webstacks, you know, the first projects, you know, how you found and sourced like the first few folks. Uh, now, you know, um, we talked about some of the practices at, at scale um, with, you know, with building and sort of delivering uh, projects with, you know, pricing. Um, let's let's, I guess, talk a little bit about some of the projects now that you've sort of shared some of your, your tools. Let's go back to the earlier, the earlier question about like, what are some of the things that you guys are, are most proud of, like having worked on and having delivered? Yeah, great, great way of like tying that back. <laughs> I would have totally forgot that. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so I, like I was saying, the one that I'm most proud of, I would say is ShopMonkey. So if you go to shopmonkey.io, um, one reason why I'm particularly proud of the, the work that our team did on the ShopMonkey website is that ShopMonkey had, had come to us having had unsuccessful stints with other agencies and kind of used essentially a full year uh, to try to re redesign their website and reimagine their brand. And it didn't really go so well for them. So they felt like they were 12 months behind and they came to WebStax and were like, hey, we really wanna get this out the door. We see what you're doing with this modular design. Can we get this done in 90 days? And we, you know, not to shoot our own horn, knocked it out of the park. It was a very, very, uh, very, very successful project. We've been working with them ever since. Um, and it, it's just one of those that I, I personally have like a, 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 a proud spot for, uh, given the, the kind of scenario that ShopMonkey was in at that time. The other one I would say is Calendly. So if you guys haven't heard of Calendly, they're, they're kind of like the, um, the gold standard when it comes to like product-led growth uh in in like the software space and they had just gone through a you know redesign of their website and a large rebrand with a silicon valley agency and at the end of that you know delivery of their website it was like unusable right things weren't modular every every page was kind of like a skeleton and all you could really do is change images and text and their marketing team was like well we have this website that we've kind of like invested hundreds of thousands of dollars in, and we can't make any changes to it. So that was like a three month project of taking their website, you know, breaking it up into these components, cr creating the content models in Contentful, which was their CMS, and ultimately giving their marketing team these Lego blocks to build out pages autonomously. Um, since then, we've like helped them with the design of their website, done a lot of like uh, rebranding of how their, their you know, visual assets are on their website. and. I would say that that's also one of the one of the proudest uh, that that our team has has been able to. Thanks. No, that's a, that's a great that's a great uh, story. I feel like the problem that you've identified there is is so many marketing departments just feel like they don't have any control of their website and it like looks fine and like the users might like it, but like they can't modify it with ongoing work. Um, so so you know we started off talking a little bit about kind of um hiring um and, and, and with your first team and i want to circle back there again so so now that you're kind of you're you're sort of at at, at some amount of scale with you you know 50 50 55 folks um these days when, when you're when you guys are we when you guys are hiring like how, how do you think about that like what are you looking for yeah so i would say like Particularly with our engineering team, we've kind of like approached um, a, a hiring process that doesn't really discriminate against like, you know, the, the backgrounds that these 
engineers are coming from. We hire a lot of um, boot boot camp uh, grads. A lot of people at Webstacks are kind of like taking their first steps into a professional um, engineering kind of like workforce. And you, a lot of times you can see that, that that'd be a challenge, right? Like managing new, new, um, new professionals comes with its own challenges. But like I said, creating the process, creating the enablement, the onboarding um, that, that we're doing for our engineering team is what has like allowed us to be successful in this way. And, and that's kind of like what we're looking for, you know, like this is a opportunity for a lot of, of young professionals to get exposure to really, really exciting technologies like React um, and, 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 and just JavaScript, building on JavaScript in general um, that a lot of other agencies don't have. Or, or can't really compete in. They're in this like WordPress box or they're in this Shopify box and they they don't offer kind of like this approach to- um, How do you onboard on folks that are maybe like doing their first professional, you know, engineer, software engineering gig? Sorry, what was that? So so, so you, you talked about how you brought on folks that, that were like, you know, maybe doing their first engineering role who are, or like, you know, um, how, how, do you, how do you onboard that, that type of employee? Great question. So as part of like our onboarding process, one of the big pieces is using like our own marketing website as a playground. Our marketing website adheres to the same practices and processes that we do for our clients. So we have a Gatsby Contentful stack. And, you know, for the first like 30, 45 days of onboarding, our new engineers are getting exposure to putting their first PRs out and, and oh. actually getting a feel for what it is to build um, the web stacks way. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. That's, that's really interesting. And I also really liked what you said about like, you know, it gives folks a different career trajectory than maybe if they were in a WordPress world or like a, a different kind of technology world. Um, can, can you talk a little bit about like, I mean, you guys, you guys are very immersed in like the, the, you know, selling into the, the, the B2B space. Can you just talk a little bit about that culture and the culture that you've built at Websex? Yeah, I, I would say like the culture here at Websex is something that's like super, super important to us. Like, we run regular surveys. Like it's one of the things that I'm most proud of here at Webstacks and it's always evolving, just like our onboarding process, always evolving, trying to make it better um, and, and honestly help like our developers get up, up and running as, as quickly as possible with the least amount of friction. The same thing goes with like the culture of uh, our team in general. We're looking for those people that have that hunger, that hustle. Um, and they, they're really, really excited about the opportunity of getting their foot in the door in this this space of b2b tech that is like so elusive it's, it's a really exciting prospect of working um in that space and and we're looking for you know talented individuals that, that are hungry and want to be a part of something um something yeah. like, like I, I love it i love it too like in the sense of like you guys have gotten some really interesting clients and in some ways a lot of your value for your employees is that like it's a pipeline into this world that they want and like kind of exposure into you know a fast-growing sector an exciting sector um uh, uh that and and in by by selling into the space you're kind of part of the space too so I, I think that's really that's sort of like really interesting and it's, it's kind of a reminder to all of us that like you know a lot of times you know we, the worlds that we, we 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 are part of with our clients you know we we, we become part of those worlds too um Let's, uh, okay, so, so um, we, we've covered a lot of topics. I've, I have some more questions, but I just want to sort of stop first and be like, is there, like, what other, what other, what other topics, like, as we were, like, going along, like, were you like, hey, I want to say something more about that, or, like, this is real, I want to, like, dive more into this. 
I would say, I think, I think we, I would like to hear from the, the, the audience if like they have any questions that we'd like to dive more into. I thought it would, I kind of get in the zone and I go with these things. So um, I'd love to yeah, hear. Yeah, from yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so we got, we got a couple of questions here from the audience. It says, how do you handle change to, to meet, meet deadlines um, from Bishong? How do we handle change to meet deadlines? I think it's generally, this is like a, a practice in project management that like inevitably happens with every project. There's always going to be something that comes up. There's always going to be something that changes, something that didn't go according to plan. Um, and it's just about alignment, right? And that's why it's like so important for our team, our sales, our marketing, our CS, our developers and designers to be totally aligned on what we're delivering, how we're delivering it and relaying that to the clients that we're working with. That's awesome. Yeah. And I, like, I mean, I'll also sort of chime in and say that like the easiest way to easiest way to worry less about that is to deliver faster because then it's like, look, let's, let's just ship the, the first version. Then we'll talk about that thing next or whatever. And you guys have already engineered your process for that. Right, but I, I would say like people are far more forgiving with deadlines when there is alignment and communication. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And, and that I think is like one of the, the most important things um, to, to like take home from like, going into any project is like, as long as you're setting expectations and, and communicating when things shift and change, most of the time uh, people will, will take that and, 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 you know, not be in the top of the head with it, with a bat because of it. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Totally. Okay. Jewel, uh, Jewel, I think asks, uh, can you speak about the approach on sales and leads with, um, with your, this modality? And I think it's the, the, uh, the modular modality we were talking about earlier. Yeah, we have a we have an interesting um, growth channel. We have multiple growth channels. We're not really tied to like one particular channel. Obviously, being in B two B tech, uh, we get a lot of referrals. Um, there, it's a space where there's kind of like marketing leadership often moving from one company to another, and referrals are a big, big part of how we've been able to grow. Um, the other piece is outbound um, ABM. Like we do a lot of outbound ourselves. So part of our sales process and growth and growth strategy is getting leads. Um, ourselves and picking them out, you know, explaining the pain point that other, other, uh, you know, B2B tech companies are having in this space and trying to like offer and educate them on a solution with web stacks. Um, partnerships is also like a huge piece of, of what we're doing at web stacks and, and finding partnerships that are complementary to the, the other partnerships that you have. So for example, you know, we have partnerships with segment, we have partnerships with Contentful and partnerships with Gatsby. And partnerships with HubSpot. These are all four kind of like complementary technologies that allow us to, you know, get new business from multiple sources. And at the same time, it's not all about, you know, using a, a partnership as like a transactional kind of relationship. You don't want to like approach your partnerships with like, hey, can you give me leads? Hey, can you give me leads? It's like, can we find opportunities to help each other? Like something like this uh, with Gatsby or you know, doing shared blog posts, co-marketing, co um, and the opportunities will then come. But uh, that's kind of like how we approach our acquisition strategy. That, that's awesome. And and you made the decision um, even when you guys were just even a few months into your agency to to sort of hire a hire a sales rep. Can you talk a little bit about your thinking there? Yeah, yeah. It's very important for for us to build a company that wasn't so reliant on like a CEO or a founder or early employees, right? Like you want to build something that can last the, the test of time, right? So that's part of all of this is like creating a process that's repeatable, creating a process that people can buy into, understand, understand the value that you're providing for your customers and your clients and 
kind of like use that as what's driving, um, you know, the sales rather than, you know, the CEO or the founder. I mean, I also imagine it was maybe a bit of a weight off your shoulders. Not that you have to stop doing sales, but like that too. <laughs> that too, that too, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, let's let's be honest. I think a lot of folks, you know, in, in your position, like it's it's just tough running a business. It's tough being the person who has to like figure out all the contract details, the person who's doing all the sales, and then the person who like does a lot of the delivery, you know, too, or sort of oversees that. And, you know, the more you can get like, folks that you trust to help on on various aspects of that kind of work it's just I just imagine it like lets you be more free to like design these awesome processes that like you know ensure great client experiences that get you referrals etc um okay so so then Daniel asks uh are you exclusively using Gatsby and Contentful um I'm I may have missed that for a second uh, we don't exclusively use anything. I would say Gatsby is a huge part uh, and Contentful is a huge part of our stack. The idea here behind, you know, what we're doing at WebStacks is like, we have this philosophy, we have this ideology, we have this idea of building a modern website on a modern stack. And that is hugely important um, to our sales process, our, you know, design process, our engineering processes, like because we're, we have the, the idea figured out and the concept of like a headless CMS and what how the website is seen as being modular, pulling in one piece for another isn't uh, isn't challenging. What I would say about Gatsby is that Gatsby in particular is a very, very helpful tool for onboarding our, our engineers because they don't have to spend their time writing queries. Like the Gatsby content layer, layer is like a huge piece of the time saving that you might get in the onboarding process when building for Gatsby. So we are a huge proponent of using Gatsby. It probably takes up like 60 to 70% of the projects that, that we build with, um, but we're not exclusive to any technology. That's, no, that's, that, that's, that's great to hear you kind of like outline the process. Okay, so, you know- and, we're, uh, Sam, I think the, the link that I might've shared in the chat was not a public link. So right, if you post it again, we can uh, do it. Let me just again. quickly. Share this one. I don't know if I can share it, so you might have to reshare it after I send it. Here we go. Um, oh, uh, let's see. Oh wait, that's the wrong link again. <laughs> no, no worries. Uh, there you go. Here we go. Okay, cool. I'm gonna post this to everyone here. Okay, so we've got about ten minutes left, and I think I'm gonna we're gonna shift a little bit, maybe into like you know maybe a little bit more personal questions, and then then kind of wrap up. So, you know, you're, you're um, for, for you, like, this probably isn't like a, a 40 hour work week for you. How, how much, like, how do you balance, you know, work life? How do you think about that? Yeah, great question. I would say that I, I, I try to have like a pretty balanced, uh, balanced, you know, work life workload. I think that's like part of building a company is like being able to rely on your team, being able to rely on the, the individuals that you hire to bring on to help kind of alleviate that kind of stress. Uh, I know my, my fiance would probably say differently. Uh, I probably, she would probably say you have way more than a 40 hour work week, but <laughs> I, I feel like I have a pretty balanced uh, lifestyle. So it's really, yeah, really, it's about the hiring process, like being able to trust the team, being able to give responsibility, delegate the responsibility and, and everything else kind of like falls into place. So, so uh, how long have you guys been together, you and your fiance? My fiance and I have been together since WebStacks, uh, originated actually she's like been there for the whole the whole story she was there you know when I quit my job and didn't have anything lined up uh, and just jumped into this freelance thing and she's seen Nate grow into this like awesome team 
Um, so it's it, it's been a journey. She's been by my side ever since. That's so great. That's so, if, so if she was, you know, if she was here um, and I was asking her like how you're different or how you've sort of like changed over that journey, like what would she say? She would probably say that I have far more patience now than than I used to, I would say. I think I think there's like an innate desire, at least for myself, has always been to just solution, solve problems on the fly, go, 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 go. But as a company grows, you kind of realize that like there's other people involved here. You can't have that same mindset. Um, maybe things that you're doing will things and things that you're comfortable doing may be uncomfortable for other people and patience and kind of like calming down has been <laughs> one of the things that I have uh, like grown as a person over the course of the last two and a half years. Love For it. Sure. I love it. You know, I'm a huge, I'm a huge uh, believer that, you know, personal growth and professional growth often like look fairly similar in, in a lot of ways and they often go together. So great to hear, <laughs> great to hear your story there. It's great, great to have you share the story there. Um, so I guess just to, to like, sum this up you know um there's a lot of folks here who are you know maybe working in an agency or who are like you know just freelancers or maybe they're just in, in tech or maybe they're even looking at, to break into tech so are, are you guys hiring we're always hiring we're always hiring yes absolutely um if you guys go to www.websacks.com careers you can take a look at all of the opportunities that we have available um and yeah if, if you're interested in in what we're doing here please please feel free to apply we're we're excited to meet you. Okay. Um, cool. So I just I think we're we're getting a couple of other questions, and then we'll we'll just wrap the, this up. Um, so someone wants to know the the name of the camera you are using. They say, it, "LOL, it is really nice." Uh, the, the camera is a uh, Apple Cinema display. It's two Apple Cinema displays. So it seems like it's moving with me, but I think Apple has some cool technology that's like following and tracking me without like a physical camera moving. That's awesome. Yeah, I've, I've got a portal and it does that. Um, you know, it's not on my computer, but like it's it's, it's a really nice effect. Uh, yeah, yeah. Every, everyone asks about it. It's a great like icebreaker for sales conversation. <laughs> That's great. Um, uh, let's see. Then then some, um, someone else asks, Nicole Phillips asks, what would you do differently? Any advice on what to avoid? What would I do differently? I don't, I, I honestly hate the, that question. I'm, I'm like a firm believer in like, <laughs> you know, sticking with what you've done and, and not really regretting decisions that, that have happened. So I'm, I'm, I'm pretty proud of like how things have, have kind of like unfolded at WebStacks and every kind of like setback has been a learning experience. Um, so, so I wouldn't say there's, there's one particular thing I, I, I would have done differently. That's, that's a great way of, I think, ending it. So uh, Nikon, thanks for, thanks for coming and joining us. Thanks for sharing the lessons that you've learned um, with the, you know, with the rest of the Gatsby uh, community and the Gatsby agency community uh, in particular. Um, it's really great to, to have you here. Um, and thanks everybody for coming. Um, well, you'll, you, you should receive a link with a recording in a couple of days um, once we get that sort of transcribed. And um, thanks again for coming. It's good to, to have everyone here. Sweet. Thanks, everyone. Have a good rest of your morning, afternoon, evening, wherever you are. Until next time.